Red Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone, Terry Cushman coming to you with a bonus segment. What I am going to do for this episode is a deep dive on what I think Raphael Devers' status is with the Red Sox. And I think there's a very real possibility his future with the Red Sox could be a lot more short-term than many of you might think. And I'm going to make my case. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But the writing on the wall doesn't doesn't seem like I'm going to be wrong about this. So by the end of the episode, you can decide and we'll see how it develops. But here we go. At the start of this previous March, so a little over two months ago, almost three months ago now, Heim Bloom told the Red Sox media that he would be meeting with certain Red Sox players to talk extensions. And he said that those talks will be quiet and if anything materializes, it won't happen until basically everything is finalized. And that made sense because Hein Bloom is a guy so far that seems to like to keep things close to the vest. For instance, apparently they were in advanced talks with Charlie Morton early last winter before he went to the Braves. The Red Sox were the runner-ups for Charlie Morton. We had no idea until he had already signed with the Braves. The whole Alex Cora situation being rehired, it really looked like it might go to Sam Fold. And at the last second, Cora got the job. And uh, as I continue here, I live, this is late on a Friday. I live next to a very busy club. So there could be loud music. There could be loud people in the parking lot. So this is kind of a science experiment uh, to see um, how much of a factor that might be. So if you do hear some background, uh, I apologize, but bear with me. So anyway, Bloom is a guy who likes to keep things close to the vest. So when you when he mentions extension talks with players... The two most obvious ones are Eduardo Rodriguez and Rafael Devers. Those are two guys you would want to keep, and for different reasons. Rodriguez is a guy who is in his last year, so there's a lot of urgency there to, to get a deal done and keep him in Boston for multiple years. I don't want to say long-term because long-term to me is – six, seven, eight years. I don't know that Erod's going to get that type of a contract, but 
there could be some urgency there. With Devers as well, maybe not the same level of urgency, but looking back very recently to how the Red Sox completely botched the Mookie Betts situation, there's still a lot of incentive to get a deal with Devers done, and his ceiling is immense. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's potentially going to go to Cooperstown. Probably, I don't want to say definitely, go to the Hall of Fame, but I would say more likely than not at this point. Given what he's already done before the age of 25, he turns 25 this October. So basically, this whole season is still his age 24 season. What he's already done is impressive. And he could potentially be playing for another 10, 12 years. His offensive numbers scream Hall of Fame to me. So this is a guy you probably want to keep in Boston. And just to recap the the Mookie situation, they offered Mookie Betts an eight-year, $200 million deal coming into the 2017 season. Now, that was after he had just finished runner-up to Mike Trout. Some people believe that Mookie should have been the MVP the season before. And it's an interesting debate. I don't care one way or the other. I mean, I I think Mookie, a solid case could have been made that Mookie was the MVP. But regardless, so... He would have had, let's see, four years remaining on his deal. 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020 was his walk year. So four years remaining on the deal. Devers has, just to be clear with Devers, he has this season and then two more seasons after. So he's got less time than what Mookie had when he was offered that first $200 million deal. Then the following offseason, 2018 coming into 2019, the Red Sox offered Mookie Betts a deal that was worth at least $300 million. Reports have come out and said that it was actually higher than that. I saw a lot of reports that said $300 million, and Mookie turned that down. There was an article that came out I think it was after the trade to the Dodgers. So that would have been a little over a year ago, March of 2020, maybe April of 2020. An article came out that said the Red Sox and Mookie Betts were $100 million apart each year that they negotiated. So in 2017, when it was 200, when that was the offer, Mookie wanted three. The following offseason, when the Red Sox offered around three, Mookie wanted four. And Mike Trout already had his $420 million deal inked before then. So that was probably the basis for Mookie to try to get something in that in that territory. And it didn't happen. And then he got traded. And the rest is history. And then he won a ring right away. (laughs) So it's important to sign Devers because you want to avoid that. You want to sign Devers 
at a time where you, the baseball executive, have the most leverage. I really believe if the Red Sox signed Devers to a deal this winter, this previous winter, before this season started, they probably could have signed him for Xander Bogart's money. $20 million a year. For six years is what Bogart's got. He has an option, a vesting option, which is really easy. I think he's going to make like 500 plate appearances in his final year of that deal, and that would trigger a seventh year. So it could potentially be a $140 million seven-year deal for for Xander Bogarts. And I think Devers could have been had for a deal somewhere in that vicinity. Now, here's the problem. Devers finished 12th in the MVP voting in 2019. That was the best season of his career. He's probably going to finish in the top 10 this year in the American League. I, I, I would be really surprised if he doesn't. And possibly even top five. He was tied with Martinez leading the American League in home runs until tonight when Martinez went deep and wrapped one around the Penske, uh, the, excuse me, the pesky pole and got his seventh. Devers will probably tie it up in the next couple of days. They're probably going to have a home run race between them on this team throughout the season. But Devers is going to be probably in the top 10 for MVP. And you can talk about his defense all day long, but you know what? He got his act together fast this year. He took about three or four days of criticism for a multi-error game he had, and I think he had another error in another game shortly after that. And he's been stout ever since. He got his act together fast. He's he's gonna have he's gonna have a good year this year. Devers will, and then next winter, the price tag is gonna be extremely high. The Red Sox could sign him; it could still happen next winter, but the price tag is gonna be higher. Here's a couple of contracts. Manny Machado, 10 years, $300 million with the Padres. Third baseman, just like Devers. Devers, that could be a realistic contract for him. I don't think that's out of the realm, eventually. Francisco Lindor, he's a shortstop. Same side of the infield, but shortstop. He got a 10-year, $340 million deal. So that's $34 million a year. Now look at it this way. If I'm correct, and Devers could have had Xander Bogart's money this winter, around $20 million a year, think about this for a second. That means you would have... Bogarts and Devers for a combined forty million. 
Francisco Lindor, just one player by himself, is making $6 million less than that. You're almost getting two Francisco Lindor-type bats for the price of one if you signed Devers this past winter. We'll get into the value aspect uh, in, in a few minutes. I gotta, I gotta throw another angle out here. In 2022, 2022, there's a log jam in the infield because Dahlbeck is here. Tristan Casas is probably gonna be about ready. Early next season, I don't know if he makes camp right away, but he's gonna be he's gonna be with the Red Sox early on in the season. Both of those guys are corner infielders. Dahlbeck will probably move over to third. I mean, ideally, that's what would happen. Uh, I mean, D- Devers is still here, maybe, but. Dahlbeck is a is a third baseman. Casas is a first baseman. So that would be the alignment if they're both playing every day. So what do you do with Devers? Dahlbeck and Casas, their their makeup doesn't doesn't fit as far as the outfield goes. They're not, they're not built to be outfielders. They don't have the range. So if we're lucky and Martinez opts out, that opens up DH for Devers. And you can put him there. If Martinez does not opt out, if he gets injured or his performance takes a dive in the second half and and it doesn't make sense for him to opt out and to stay in Boston for that final year for $20 million. If that's what makes more sense, then what do you do? What do you do? Maybe there's a way, but it's complicated. Like I said, it's complicated to make all those pieces fit. It's extremely complicated. Here's what I think is going to happen. If they don't make a play for Devers, if they don't offer him an extension next winter when he has two years left, they... They have to trade him, I think. They have to trade him if they're not going to sign him. Because what's not going to happen is Devers isn't going to play out his whole contract and then just walk and the Red Sox get nothing. That's not going to happen. It doesn't make sense for the Red Sox to trade him, not this coming winter, but the following winter when he has one year left on his deal. It doesn't make sense for them to wait that long because the his trade value is only half as good if he's only got one year left. And you can say, well, they still got a haul for Mookie 
with with one year left. And that's true, but you're probably never going to see another trade like that again for a guy who has one year left. I mean, the the Red Sox got Jeter Downs, Connor Wong, both of whom could be perennial all-stars, both of whom are going to hit at least 20 bombs a year, maybe even 30 on a good year, especially for Downs. And, oh, by the way, they got Alex Verdugo in that deal. You're never going to see that again. Look at what the the Indians got sending Lindor and Carrasco to the Mets. They got nothing. They got basically nothing for those two. The The Red Sox will get better than that for, for Devers with one year left, but they're not getting a Mookie-level deal. That's not going to happen. So it doesn't make sense for them to hold Devers beyond this coming winter. It just does not make sense. The trade package isn't going to be nearly as good. And why would they, why would they, here's another scenario. Why would they wait until two winters from now to finally offer him a contract when he, when Devers is just going to have that much more leverage. The longer it waits, the more leverage Devers has. He could win an MVP or be top three, four, or five in the MVP voting. He could be an absolute stud in the month of October. He could be he could be the ALCS MVP, the World Series MVP. I don't think that would happen this year with this Red Sox team and with this pitching staff. Stranger things have happened. If it happened the following year and he was a stud that October, which is a lot more likely, I think the Red Sox are going to be much better next season than this season. If he's a stud in October, the price tag goes up. And by the way, here's his postseason numbers. He's got a 311 batting average, a 373 on-base percentage, and a 511 slugging percentage. That puts his OPS at I'm terrible with math. 8 884. He's got elite postseason numbers already. So and he's He's a big game player. He's extremely clutch. We've seen it his whole career. His first home run came off a Roldis Chapman when in the ninth inning when the Red Sox were down by a run. And because of Devers, came back to win the game. He's extremely clutch. There's no moment too big. And that's the painful thing because is Bobby Dahlbeck ever going to be that good? I doubt it. He might be really good, but is he going to be this good? I doubt it. Is is Tristan Casas going to be this good? It's a complete unknown. Why would you why would you gamble on on those two being as good as Devers when you already have Devers? It just makes no sense. They should have extended Devers and they better do it next winter because like I said, it doesn't make sense for Devers to be here after 
after next year. His trade value is going way down, and then he's going to command a monster contract. Maybe not Mookie or Trout level, but probably in the Machado neighborhood of $300 million. I have no idea what what ballpark they're going to be looking at next winter, but it's probably going to be a lot. Certainly, like I keep hammering home, a lot more than it would have been this winter. And for those of you that are thinking, oh, well, the luxury tax, the luxury tax, he still could have played this year on his on his arbitration one salary. This is his first year of arbitration that he's playing. And then the contract could have taken effect next year. So the, the deal still could have got done. Jose Altuve played his final two arbitration years before his five-year $150 million deal kicked in, which was a bargain. I don't know why Altuve signed that deal. He was worth way more than that. But but he signed it, and it didn't take effect until after he finished out his two arbitration years. So the luxury tax has nothing to do with anything uh, in this instance. Here's what I suspect. I'm only speculating. I can't prove anything. But it's what I suspect. I think Hein Bloom is obsessed with having his own team, with his own guys that he acquired, he drafted, developed, traded for, what have you. I really believe that. I don't think he's interested in keeping all of these holdovers from the Dombrowski era, regardless of of how talented they are. Let's take Erod, for example. Next season, this is your rotation. Chris Sale is your ace. He's your number one. Nathan Avoldi is still here, playing out the final year of his deal. Tanner Houck is probably up at that point and probably will be much sooner. Connor Siebold is probably going to remain at the big league level. He'll, he'll probably get called up this year, but he'll be with the club full-time next year. That's four pitchers right there. That's four pitchers that are, are going to be here. And they're going to be in the rotation. With those four, you still have Garrett Whitlock, who's probably going to be in the rotation. The only reason he isn't this year was because he had Tommy John the July before last. And he's probably on innings limits. And he's been a stud. Still has not given up a single run so far in 2021. And he'll be all stretched out by then, and he'll be able to be that fifth guy in the rotation. Nick Pavetta, he's controllable for four more years beyond this. I don't know if he's still going to be with the team or not, but as of now, I kind of have to include him. So that's six pitchers right there without Eduardo Rodriguez. He's not coming back. I, I'm i 90% sure Eduardo Rodriguez will not be playing for the Boston Red Sox next year. 
I'm positive. There's no, there's no need for it. And on top of that, Max Scherzer, Zach Greinke, Justin Verlander are all free agents next year. Verlander will be coming back from Tommy John, but you you could and you could get a Charlie Morton type guy. Any one of those guys could be had on probably a one or two year deal given their age, but they're still pitching very effectively. So if Bloom wanted to make a free agent signing, it could be a guy like them in, instead of Rodriguez. But I just I just gave you six pitchers that are going to be vying for a starting spot next year. There's just no room for Rodriguez. And Rodriguez was told he no he told the media, excuse me. Rodriguez told the media that the Red Sox never approached him this winter. And you can say, well, the heart thing and maybe they had health concerns. He he pitched, he was lights out in two spring training starts. And then he had the dead arm issue, which is common and never a big deal. Pitchers usually get over that. It always happens in spring training. And it took a couple of weeks, but he got over it and he's pitched very well since then. They could have signed him after those two starts, those spring training starts. Chris Sale got his extension extremely late. Rick Porcello got his extension the day before opening day in 2015. Happens all the time. Well, I shouldn't say all the time, but it's not at all uncommon. But the Red Sox had no interest. Heim Bloom didn't approach him to sign him. So I just think Bloom wants his own guys. He he wants his own guys, and he wants to put his own stamp on the Boston Red Sox. He looks what, at what his former boss is doing with the Los Angeles Dodgers right now. That's a super team. That's a juggernaut. Find a bad contract on the Los Angeles Dodgers. You can't do it. You can't do it. They're all on short money or short years, but big money. There's not a bad unsustainable contract on that team right now. Kershaw's got one or two years left. Bowers on a short-term deal with opt-outs in it. Mookie's the only real long-term guy, but I don't think they're worried about that for now. He's still on the right side of 30 and will probably be a very good player through his age 35, 36, if they're lucky, 30, age 37 season. So they're not worried about Mookie Betts. That team is is perfect. You look at the Yankees, they've got a ton of unsustainable contracts. The Red Sox don't have any long-term money right now outside of maybe Chris Sale, who will have actually only three more years beyond this. So the, the Red Sox don't even have any any long-term money on the books right now. And they're going to have money coming off next year, but I still don't I don't see them... I don't see them making a play for for Rodriguez. And they can sign Devers, but like I said, it's going to be a lot more expensive. And I, I don't see 
I don't see Bloom. I just don't think Bloom values a guy like Devers when he's got other guys in the pipeline that he he can plug into the corner infield spots. And I hope I'm wrong about that, but if you hadn't thought that Devers could be more short-term than long-term, you better have it in the back of your mind because there's a very real chance that this could be his last year with the Red Sox. And it's, it's just so painful to think about because all those big contracts I mentioned, Mookie Betts, Manny Machado, Francisco Lindor, the kid uh, Fernando Tatis out in in San Diego. Devers is going to put up the same type of offensive numbers they had, and, and it could have been done at a fraction of the price that those guys are being paid, but Bloom didn't do it. And you can make the case maybe Bloom does wait till next year, but why? why would he have done that to himself? It just doesn't make sense. A smart GM is going to sign the player when the GM has the most leverage. Why penalize yourself by having to pay more? It just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. So I wanted to kind of put that thought in you guys' heads. I didn't think I would go 30 minutes on this, but I did. And it's a long ways away, but I thought about it and I wanted to come on here and share it with you. Our next show will be Sunday night. Not sure if there will be a game Sunday, though, because of uh, rainy conditions, but there'll be at least three games to to go over with the Mariners. This is Friday night when I'm recording this, and the series is tied one-to-one. Been an interesting series. Tons to talk about. Oh, my God. Matt Barnes, uh, a little shaky. Bullpen had a meltdown. Yeah, we'll get into it all. We'll We'll get into it all. On Sunday night, Jason Kelly, Charlie Smith will be with me for that episode. So I hope everybody's enjoying your weekend. Get your fun plans in Saturday, like I said, because Sunday's a wash. Unless you have indoor plans. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll see you then. Take care.